We're starting a new series, and it's called Redeeming Time, okay? Uh, Redeeming Time, and uh, if, if you go with me to Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to read verse, read verse 16 and 17, and it says, uh, See then that you walk circumspectly, or with, in wisdom, that you walk wisely, okay? That's what other versions say. See that you walk wisely, not as fools, but as wise. How? Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. And see, I've read the scripture many times and kind of just skipped over it. There's other really good ones after and before. You know, I'm like, okay, that's, that's good, you know, um, but didn't fully understood. And so the Lord's been teaching me about time probably since last year. And, and uh, actually, it's been a few years, but last year I had a big breakthrough. And how many of you were here for Troy Brewer? Troy Brewer here, you know, he's, he's been an amazing uh, man of God in our lives, just, just pouring into us. And, and I would highly recommend that if you want to go deeper into this subject, that you will pick up his book called Redeeming Your Timeline, okay? Um, have any, any of you read that book? Raise your hand. I know a few of you have, okay? It's, it's an incredible book. Now, it's a very deep book, okay? And so I have learned a lot from him. You're like, Pastor, so are you just teaching his book? No, no, no. Listen, everything that I teach, I've learned. You know, sometimes people get real funny about like, oh, you know, did you teach my Is it, whose material is it that you're teaching? You know, it's like, well, let me tell you something. They all came from God and all came from the Bible, you know. And God has put pastors and spiritual fathers in our life so that we can learn stuff, you know. I think it was, uh, it was one of Andrew Womack's friends said, uh, said, you know, I heard this thing from Andrew, and it was so good that I went out and taught it at my church, and I did a whole series about it. And uh, I don't know if it was Bobby Indian, one of those guys, you know, or Dwayne Sheriff. And, and he goes, you know, and I wrote a book about it. And he's like, I meant to tell Andrew that I, I, I wrote a book on something that I learned from him, and then I kept forgetting, and this book did really, really good. So I felt so much guilt because I learned something from him, and I didn't tell him, I didn't ask him permission. I just went and I taught it, and then I wrote a book, and the book did really good, and this and that. And, uh, and he says, so finally, one day he told Andrew, he's like, Andrew, I got to tell you something. I learned, you know, this, this thing that you said, and then I did a series, and then I did a book, and it's doing really good. Andrew goes like, oh, yeah, I heard that from some guy up on the hill, you know. <laughs> he's like, what? So we all learn something from someone else, you know, and, and if it's in the Bible, then it's God's word. And so I've been studying deep into this subject, and it fascinates me, and I hope it'll fascinate you as well, you know, especially once we start talking about the space-time continuum. But... But what does this have to do with us, and how do we apply? And so the Lord really pressed on my heart to, okay, this is time to start talking about this stuff because, um, because of this scripture right here. It says, a way to walk and do life wisely, not as fools. So it's like, you can walk foolishly, or you can walk with wisdom, you know? How do you walk with wisdom? It tells you here, redeeming the time. And so I'm like, Lord, what does that look like? How do we redeem time? I mean, you're the great, you're the good redeemer. And so it's going to come down to us partnering with God to redeem the days. And I'm like, Lord, but my days are not evil. And uh, the Holy Spirit showed me, he's like, it's not that your days are evil. He said, it's that I'm talking about bad stuff happens. Anybody? Bad stuff happens. 
And sometimes it just happened to you because you were around. Sometimes you got throw up on you because you were next to the person. Sometimes it just happens. And, and you had nothing to do with it, right? Or did you? <laughs> you chose that seat. <laughs> Come on. You know. But we know like, okay, so God, what about those things that just happened? What about the things that, you know, I wasn't expecting it, you know, and I had an accident, you know, or the pandemic happened. What, what do we do with that, Lord? Those were some evil days. And so I want us to understand as a church how we can walk redeeming the time and redeeming our days because there are evil days and there is tough stuff that happens in life. And sometimes, you know, you, it's just happening in your family or it happens because we live in a broken world and, bad, and, and, and people, good people make bad decisions. Sometimes in your own household or your children. Are you with me? And so... If bad stuff happens, if there's tough days, if things get a little messy, I want to know how to redeem those days. In other words, we are not victims of the bad things that happen. We can partner with Jesus. And Romans 8.28 tells us that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to His purposes. So then... If all things can work out for my good, that means all good things and all bad things can work out for my good. How does that happen? It happens through the power of redemption. Amen? And so, um, so today we're going to talk about time. And, uh, and specifically two kinds of time. And so let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And in just a moment, um, if you don't know, we are in a type of Babylonian world, okay? We're in a, in, a, in a friendly captivity, and the Babylonian captivity was a friendly captivity. Words, uh, it was different than Egypt. When the children of Israel were in Egypt, they were hardworking slaves, okay, that had nothing, and they were in really tough situations, right? It was, it was hard. It was difficult. It was abusive, but the Babylonian captivity was not like Egypt. The Babylonian captivity was a friendly captivity. So in other words, they, um, they were comfortable. They didn't have ownership. They didn't have any power or dominion. But they were conformed to the Babylonian culture instead. And they were having a good time. In other words, they were entertained. They weren't taking any territory. They didn't own any territory, but they were entertained. And I feel like that's a lot of Christians. See, the devil doesn't care if, uh, if you're going to church. <laughs> as long as you're not too involved in kingdom matters, taking territory, helping set the captives free, leading people to Jesus, building the kingdom, you see what I'm saying? And so the devil isn't threatened by, you know, by, by, by some people's Christianity because it, they're, just, they're just comfortable. They're not, they're not making any waves. They're not stirring anything up, you know. 
They believe in Jesus, they go to church, but they're not doing anything eternal. They're not doing anything to take territory from the enemy. So, um, it's when we start serving King Jesus and actively seeking the matters of the kingdom that we start, you know, causing some trouble down in hell. And, you know, now he's starting to worry about you. Now he goes and he finds you somewhere and he goes, I know your name. (laughs) You remember that? Right? And so, what are we doing with our time? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, and I'm going to read uh, from 12 to 15. It says, Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare, the, yeah, the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. Say with me, reward. reward. Okay. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. So here's kind of what, what that means. It says we're building on a foundation. And you can be building with good materials, eternal things, things that will... Uh, Pass the test of fire, or you could be building with wood, hay, and straw. And when the test of fire comes, then it will burn up. And it says, and whatever is left, said according to that, then you'll get a reward. If you build something and it it goes to the fire and it lasts, then you get a reward. If it doesn't, you don't get a reward. And it says you still go to heaven. Okay. I know some of you are getting a little like, oh man, what have I built? What have I built? What have I Listen, you go to heaven because of your faith in Jesus, okay? But how you live your life on earth will determine the reward that you get and if there is rewards, okay? Now, I don't know about you, but I like rewards. I want rewards, especially because... Our life on earth, you know, whatever, 80, 100, 120 years that you live, you know, is going, it's, it's a drop in a bucket. It's just like a, like a blink of an eye. It's going to go by so fast, but you know what's not going to go so fast? It's eternity, because eternity is forever. And so we need to live our lives here on earth, which is the small part of our eternal lives, very intentional, so that we have rewards when we're in eternity. Oh, I don't know if we're going to heaven. I don't know if there is eternity. I don't know about that. You want to chance it? Do you really want to chance it? Because it's forever. I don't, I, I, I don't think it's smart to do that. I don't think it's wise to do that. You know, flip a coin. No. And so what we do on earth is going to going to determine what we build here is going to determine what happens in eternity, what kind of rewards we have in eternity. So again, you go to heaven, you're saved because you're saved by what he did on the cross and because you believed in him. But how we live our lives here has an impact on eternity. 
So have you built on wood, hay, and stubble, things that are just going to be consumed, or on things that are eternal about God's kingdom? Okay? And so we're going to talk about today, how do we turn the daily mundane things into eternal things that are precious metals, you know, like gold, silver, precious stone, that are going to be eternal things, instead of building with wood and straw. And, and I think you can get a pretty good idea already of, you know, what are the things that are not going to matter in eternity. So you could build a multi-billion dollar corporation here on earth, and it's all wood, hay, and stubble. Because none of that is going to go into eternity. You see what I'm saying? The material things, like, you could have a huge savings account by the day you die, and that's wonderful. You know, you should leave an inheritance for two generations, what the Bible tells us. But none of that is going to go into, into heaven. You leading people to Jesus? Now, that's a different kind of foundation, right? Those are souls. Those are eternal things. You building God's kingdom. You representing God in the seven mountains that, that he has called you to go in your life and bringing eternity into the places of influence that he has given you? Eternal things. Are you with me? People, that's why we invest in people. Because people are eternal. People are part of the three parts of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is like, you know, when you study all of that, it's about the word, it's talking about God and people. And so what things, and if you think about it, sometimes it could be a little overwhelming, and it's not for you to get overwhelmed, and it's not for you to feel like <gasps> pressure, condemnation, I got to start doing more, doing more, doing more. You know, it's, it's not for that, but it is for us to think about how intentional are we being with the things that are eternal, with the things that are going to go into eternity, and how much effort and time do we put into things that are not going to make it past 2030. Sounds weird, right? 2030. You put so much time and effort into a job. That's good, you know. But can you do it in a way that it's eternal? Do you remember, um, or you've heard of the Midas touch, you know? King Midas, he would, anything he would touch would turn into gold, right? See, we need to have a Midas touch for for the eternal. That the things that we touch with the kingdom of heaven turn eternal because we touched them. Because we were there. Because we turned it from a lost time to a redeemed time. And so, that's what we focus on people. That's what we... That's what we focus on, the eternal things. Um, Listen, when you are raising children, that's eternal. See, the world wants wants women to think like raising children is a second-class thing. That's such a lie. It's such a lie. Are you kidding me? You're raising generations for Jesus. I mean... A lot of men don't even have the privilege of doing that part as much as a woman does. 
Oh, you're getting quiet. But that is so eternal. Your children are your first disciples. Hmm. Okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Let's go to Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. What does it say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean on in your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will make your path straight. He'll direct your path, right? He'll make it straight. Now, what is the advantage of a straight path? It's shorter. It's quicker, right? As the crow flies, you know. If you, it's, it's really the fastest way just to go straight line. You know, and if we think about it in terms of our life, many times we are going through life and we're taking, it looks like we're going, or, you know, just like in, in this, like, a, like the road to Hana. Has anybody been in the road to Hana, you know, in Hawaii? You know, it's like, how many curves? You know, they, they tell you how many curves. It's like, you're just going around and around and around and around and around. And, and, and some people live their lives like that. You know, they're just like, Oh, it wasn't this way. Oh, it wasn't this way. Oh, it wasn't this way. Oh, how do you know you're getting there? It wasn't that way. It wasn't that way. It wasn't that way. It wasn't that way. So, you know, there's just like a ping pong going from side to side, wasting all this time and energy. You know, there's two types of time. We have chronos time, which is chronological linear time, which is the time that is on that screen that doesn't stop. Okay. And then we have... Kairos time. And Kairos time is God's time. It's where favor and opportunity meet. It's, it's divine appointments. It's, it's eternal moments. Okay? And so we're in this Kronos time that has been given to us to steward over. Because just like you steward money, you're supposed to steward also time. And the interesting thing is it says, you know, he who is faithful in the little will be made ruler over much. You'll be given more. So how could you be given more time than another person? That's part of what we're going to talk about in this series. See? And no, I have not been watching Star Trek, okay? <laughs> Just to clear that up. And so we have these, this type of time. So chronos time, you know, our linear time, is, is to be stewarded. And if the Bible is telling me that there is a way in which I can go straight and God's going to direct my path, then that's definitely the shortest, most efficient, and most productive way to do life. How many of you have taken a wrong turn in life? Right? And don't you wish sometimes that you hadn't taken that turn in life? And don't you think sometimes, man, I would be so far ahead if I hadn't taken that detour. Don't you think that? Well, that's so amazing because faith solves that. If you trust God with all your heart and you stop leaning in your own, well, what if this? What about this? Did God think about that? Oh, but the world and the world and people and the news and blah, blah, blah. So if you stop leaning in your understanding and trust the Lord in all your ways and acknowledge him in those ways and say, Lord, left or right? No, straight. Okay. Then he directs your path and gives you the straight path, which is the best stewardship of time possible. Wouldn't that be amazing? Well, it's possible. So how do we redeem today? How do we redeem 
time today and tomorrow and when situations come up. And so um, that's why it's important to store chronos correctly because chronos is limited. Uh, anybody ever felt like you didn't have enough time for something or that you wasted some time or that you're in a job where it's pointless and mundane and it's not adding you any life, but it's sucking life out of you? I feel like I should say now, so call now to... <laughs> See, chronos, uh, uh, it comes from a Greek word, you know, from chronograph, which, which is, represents the, uh, a god of time. And um, I don't have the picture here, but the god of time is represented with a world on top of him. And, and this god looks like a... He looks like a bodybuilder kind of thing, and he's got the, the world on top of him, and that's the, that's the picture of Kronos. He's holding time, and time is crushing him. And he's like, it's so much pressure, and time's on top of him. And you're like, that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. Because you can be the master of time, or time can be your master. You could be a slave to time, or you can be a good steward of time. And in this day and age, it is super easy to become a slave of time and to serve Kronos as your God. Because Kronos tells you what time to get up, tells you if you have time to spend with God or not. Kronos tells you when you have to get there, when you have to go back, you know. And Kronos like, Oh, let's go, let's go, you know, and procrastinators think that they are actually uh, masters of time, but they're not. You, you, if you're a procrastinator, you think that because you tell it later that you're in charge. No, you're not. You're just not that very good steward of it, you know, and it's going to come by. And so that's Kronos. But God has given us all power, dominion, and authority, right? He didn't make us victims. He made us, he made us victorious. And so I can actually, instead of asking the question, what time is it? What time is it? I can, I can actually, in advance, decide what is this time going to be for? And what is this time going to be for? And what is this time going to be for? And, oh, wait, this is the day of the Lord. I know what this time is for. Ha, ha, ha. Well, you're here, so you're good. Right? <laughs> we need to tell time what it is for because then it serves us. It's like money. See? Money can run you ragged. It can run you around. It could be your master or you can be the master of money and tell money what to do. You have power, dominion, and authority. You're not a victim. You're victorious. And so what do we do with that time? Um, let's go to Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. When you're good steward of Kronos, you will have a lot more Kairos. And Kairos is the godly appointed time when favor and opportunity meet. Okay? Um, when you are a slave of Kronos, 
you will miss the Kairos moments that God has for you. And let me tell you, we don't want to miss the Kairos moments because the Kairos moments are the moments that go into eternity, are the eternal things that will not be consumed by the fire. And so in Galatians 6, 9, it says, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are of the household of faith. And so right here it says, we're, let us not grow weary and well doing for in due season. For in due season, that's the word kairos. You know when harvest comes, it comes in kairos. It comes in God's moments. Um, I was at, a, uh, at the old church um, a few years ago. And um, I, was, I was busy running around, you know, I had to go to another place. And, uh, and I come out of the church, and in the parking lot, there's um, uh, right outside the, uh, the groomers, um, there was a girl with her dog crying. I'm like, oh. At that, in that time, I didn't even like dogs, okay? <laughs> and, uh, but it, it, it caught my heart. I'm like, oh, that is... That is the saddest thing. Like, I'm like, why is this girl crying, you know, holding her dog? Like, you know, and, and I'm like, okay, you know, this could be a God moment in the midst of my busy, crazy day. Okay, but let's stop for the one. So I stop for them. I'm like, I'm like, are you okay? Dumb question. She's bawling, you know. No, I'm not okay, you know. And sometimes you, you, you ask, how are you or are you okay? And you... You're not really wanting to know, right? You just hope they'll be like, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. Okay, okay, fine. Nope. She opened up. My dog, I've had my dog since, since he was born and, you know, since he was a little puppy and I, they just told me he has a tumor and, and they said he's going to die in a week. And I'm like, ah, and my heart of compassion just went out to her because I understand, you know, it doesn't matter how big or how small the situation is. God cares about our heart and, and about what we feel and what we're going through. And so I felt the heart of God over her, you know, about her dog. And I'm like, I said, I'm so sorry, you know. Uh, I said, can I pray for you? And she's like, yes, please, you know. So I pray over her, you know. She felt better, you know. She, and I encouraged her for a little bit. And then she went on her way. I went on my way, you know. And God's like, that's how you turn the daily mundane things in time that you're on Kronos and you turn it into Kairos moments. That's a Kairos moment. You just made a difference in her life. You just showed her the goodness of God. They're just through a simple act of compassion and prayer. Didn't give her anything. I don't know if her dog made it or not. You know, I don't know what happened. But that was a moment of divine opportunity and divine favor where, where God was able to speak to her heart, where God was able to comfort her, where, you know, it meant something. And so that's how, when we touch with heaven the things of the earth, the things that are happening in the chronos line that isn't stopping, it turns into eternal. When you stop for the one person, when you pray for that one person, you know, or, or you, you, know, you come into work early and you're like praying for the building and you're praying for the co-workers and you're praying for the day, what are you doing? You're bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth and you're, you're setting it up for Kairos moments. 
Instead of just being dragged through life by the God of time. Come on, let's go. Next place. No, you don't have time for anybody. You don't have time for anything. Nope, you don't have time for church. No, no, no. You got to go. You got to go because time doesn't stop. That's what Kronos wants you to do. In um, Colossians chapter 3, verse 18... It says, wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter towards them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Bond servants or employees, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, um, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. Okay, so all these things, they're normal daily things, right? It's wives being wives, husband being husbands, children being children, parents being parents, employees being employees, bosses being bosses, volunteers being volunteers. Like, it, it's all the things that we do and we do and we do over and over and they repeat every day, right? But check this out, because these are the things that many times we think like, oh, there's no purpose in it. It's all so mundane. It's the same thing every day. And we just take it as common, right? And it will be if we see it that way. But check this out. It says, and whatever you do, being a wife, raising your children, being a husband, going to work every day, um, you know, having two jobs, being a dad, you know, changing the diaper of your children, serving at church, uh, being a, a good boss, being a good employee, like all these things, whatever you do, say with me, whatever I do, okay, it says do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. And this is also a key to transform anything that we do that we might think is just daily common mundane into eternal things. Because if you do it as unto the Lord, do you think it's going to burn up and be consumed in the fire? Or do you think it's going to be something that has rewards in heaven because you did it as unto the Lord? You see what I'm saying? When we do things as unto the Lord... We turn them into eternal things, and we're building on a foundation that is of the precious metals instead of wood, hay, and straw. Why? Because we're doing it as unto the Lord. See, it, it wasn't just like a way to say, hey, I want to make sure you're doing things right, so do it as unto me. No, this is the way that we turn common into eternal, that we turn the mundane things into uh, heavenly things, that we make a difference in our lives without just, you know, having to go through the motions. See, there could be eternity in everything we do. So I have to keep my job? <laughs> yes, it could be so amazing. Hmm. Kyra's moments fill your life with purpose and with life. See, Kronos controls you. Sounds like a villain, you know? Kronos controls you. It takes life from you. It's wood, hay, and stubble materials on what you're doing just through Kronos. It pushes pressure. It motivates with fear of missing out. Kronos happens to you. Kronos focuses on the temporal, earthly things. 
It makes you think that that's all there is to life. Kronos pushes you to religion and to add God to your life. Kronos is about quantity. Kairos is freedom. Kairos moments, redeemed time, adds to your life. Remember, he came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. So Kronos adds to your life. I mean, Kairos, uh, Kairos moments adds to your life. It's the gold, silver, and the precious stones, materials that we're building life with in those Kairos moments. It waits on the Lord and has patience and rest and peace. Kairos empowers you. Kronos, you're a victim. But when you live your life for those Kairos moments and you're stewarding your Kronos correctly, you're victorious. You're, you're in charge. You're partnering with God. Kairos fixes your eyes on the eternal things and it draws you into relationship and making God the center of your life, not another part of your life. Kairos is about those quality times, those quality moments. See, when you come to church, you and the person next to you could be living this time completely different. You could just be tick-tock, 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 waiting for a pastor to stop talking so I can go eat lunch. <laughs> now I'm going to tell you, we're not in Kronos, so time stopped right now. It's still nine. Because <laughs> this is a God time. <laughs> just kidding. Don't get nervous. But you and the person next to you, you know, you and your spouse could be com living completely different times. You know, one of you could be living in Kronos and the other one could be having Kairos moments with God all the time. And so when you come to church, you know, you could have an encounter with God. You could be more connected to his family and you could be transformed. And you just had a Kairos Sunday. And the person next to you just came and didn't engage, didn't pay attention, just thought, oh, I can't wait to get out of here. And it was just wasted time to them. To one person, it robbed time, it took time away, and to the other person, it added, and it changed, and it transformed, and it gave him more life. Hmm. Abraham had Kairos times. Romans 9, 9 says, for this is the word of promise at this Kairos time, I will come and Sarah will have a son. Okay, so he had Kairos moments. Jesus was born in the Kairos, in the fulfillment of Kairos, in the time of God. Okay, due time, harvest time, God times is Kairos times. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22. I'm going to end with this. Matthew 6, 22. And 23. And, um, you know, when I say the person next to you could be having a Kairos moment while you're just living through Kronos, okay, this is what it comes down to. It says, uh, we need to change, um, I'm sorry, uh, Matthew 6, 22, 23. If we could put it up there. Okay, great, thank you. It says, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And so let's go back to verse 22. See, because this, this two places where it says, if the eye, okay, 
uh, if therefore your eye is good, it's talking about your view, okay? It's talking about your eyeball. It's talking about your view. It's talking about your perspective. It's talking about how you see something. So if you see something God's way, you're going to have a completely different experience than if you see something the world's way. Nick has talked a lot about, you know, the uh, double slit experiment and how it is the view of the beholder that changes the outcome of something. It's right here in the Bible. If your eye, if your view, if your vision, if the way you're perceiving things is good, is godly, it will be completely different than if it's a worldly view. You know, and many times we think like, oh, now we're talking about just being positive, being positive, being positive. No, we're not talking about being positive. We're talking about what the Bible says about how we see things. And I'm going to give you two examples and... Um, one might make you really mad, but sorry, okay? And sorry if anybody's watching online and this makes you mad, but um, during the pandemic, we, and, I, and when I say we, I mean my family and our church family, had a great time. I'm sorry. Listen, I'm not, I'm not taking light on the people that, that, that had a really bad time and let alone the people that lost loved ones. I'm not making light of any of that. I'm telling you what our experience was while the world was falling apart. Why? Well, one of the things is our perspective and how we saw things was different. See? And the Bible teaches this all the time. It says, Isaac sowed in the time of famine. In the time when everybody was losing everything, Isaac sowed, and in that same year, he reaped a hundredfold. He had a great time while everything else was going to pot. And during the pandemic, I'm sorry, we had, we had a great time. Not because we're making fun of the others that weren't. No, no, no. I'm talking about our experience. We had great quality family time, great adventures. We built stuff. You know, we got to experience new things in the church. We, we, we did service different and we recorded and did, you know, we had it like, I hope you're not mad, but, you know, like it really wasn't bad for us. Because our eye and the vision and the perspective that we had was a heavenly one. And God says, you know, he works all things together for our good. And he says that he is with us. And he says, like, hey, if you see some falling to your right and some falling to your left, he's like, don't worry, I got you. You're covered. You're protected. And so we saw it differently. And guess what? We experienced it differently. We didn't go with the news and, and, and with the reports of, of the general world population and what they were going through, but we went with what the Word said, and we had a better experience. How is that possible? Because we made sure that it 
turned into a Kairos time. You know, I had an accident two years ago, and, uh, and I am, uh, you know, I, I haven't felt better in two years, you know, I'm so, so thankful, you know, my leg is all better and, and all that stuff, but for two years, I went through something that would have caused many people to go into a depression and lose their life and lose their mind and fall into addictions of all kinds and stuff, and... Um, and when I look back, was it pleasant? No. Did I have painful moments? Yes. But it was a great time. A lot of good stuff happened. A lot of growth happened. A lot of blessing came our way. A lot of love, a lot of support, a lot of, you know, it's the kind of experience that would break somebody down and, and maybe even cause marriage problems or whatever, but it wasn't the case. Why? Because we chose to have a God perspective on it. And so the time that was meant to be a curse was redeemed, and we experienced Kairos moments instead. Because the Word of God is true. If all things work together for the good of those who love God, then I need to partner with God, like we read in Ephesians chapter uh, 5, verse 16, and walk not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. And I believe we redeemed the time during the pandemic. And I believe, you know, we redeemed the time during my accident and, and all of that uh, fiasco, you know. And God made something amazing out of it. And so, how do we redeem the days? You know, today, going to work tomorrow, doing things as unto the Lord. You know, seeing things through God's eyes. You know, being good stewards of my linear time sets me up for the God Kairos moments. Whoever stewards Kronos time well will be given much more Kairos moments. You know, the Kairos moments is moments when things happen that... You couldn't, have, you couldn't have planned for. You couldn't have accomplished so much in short little. Okay, you know what a Kairos moment is? When we got this building. That's a Kairos moment. We couldn't have made that happen. We couldn't have fabricated it any better. We couldn't have done that ourselves. But in a Kairos moment, because we were good stewards of the time we had and the reason we had, see, to hum. Who, who is faithful in the little will be made ruler over much more. And that much more is times of harvest, is times of Kairos. Are you with me? Okay, I hope I've confused you enough to come back next, <laughs> next week and the week after that. Just kidding. Uh, but let me pray. And, um, and yes, of course, we have Jerry. You don't want to miss Jerry uh, next week, but... Uh, but the week after that, I'm going to continue. And what we're going to start talking about, because now you know how to, okay, how do I address today? How do I address tomorrow? How do I redeem the time, even when the time seems mundane and it seems boring and it seems like you can bring eternity and you can bring the kingdom of God into those moments, okay? Into your daily life with your children, with your husband, with your students, with, you know, with your employees at work, wherever you are, you bring kingdom in and you turn it into eternity. You have the kingdom touch to turn things eternal. And so that's how we do that. But how do we redeem the past? 
Because, you know, it's true that we have a lot of regrets sometimes. And that some of those things are still weighing on us today. And some of those things, you know, oh, they're still hanging on to you today. And it's more than just forgive. It's more than just heal my heart. But that stuff happened. And so we're going to talk about time travel. (laughs) Maybe. You have to come. 